Welcome to the Rookie Realtor Reality Podcast with your hosts, Amir Hunter and Bailey Weaver Packard. With so many people thinking that realtors just look at beautiful houses and post on Instagram, this podcast brings you back to reality. This podcast explores the good, the bad, and the in-between. We're both with EXP Realty, so our experience may be different than yours, but over time we'll have other agents, past clients, and others in the real estate industry, such as inspectors, builders, lenders, and more. Season two, episode two. Um, our guest today is Ives Harkins. He's a local lender with Movement Mortgage, and we've both had the opportunity to work with uh, Ives, and we can vouch that you're excellent in what you do. Uh, we're excited to chat with you and explain buyer's options in this current market. Uh, welcome, Ives. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because Ives is on the podcast today, but me and Bailey have worked with Ives for a bit, and this is the first time we've actually seen his face. I know. <laughs> Crazy time for you. And Ives, we kind of go way back, but my husband is friends with him and grew up with him, but yeah. I've never met him in person yeah. Yeah. until today. Yeah, I've only been looking at his photo, like, on the email. <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, yeah. I love it. So, That's the guy. Yeah. So before we jump into the episode, uh, we always start the episodes with wins and losses. And so, um, Bailey, do you want to start off with your loss uh, this week? Yeah. Uh, I've slowed down a little bit. I think yeah. people are scared of the interest rate, so I'm excited to have Ives on here today and kind of get that nervousness away for yeah. people. But um, that's that's my loss right now, but that's just part of the business. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to – I didn't even really think of a loss before we came in today. I didn't either. I didn't but uh, I guess uh, my loss – I've been struggling to get this one house under contract, so we did a price adjustment and offered some incentive and I guess right before we start recording, we get a phone call that my client's having a leak at the house after we just got an offer. So <laughs> I got to figure that out as soon as this podcast is over today. You'll, you'll handle it. Yeah. Um, any losses for you over like maybe the last couple of weeks, uh, Ives? Um, I guess same as Bailey. Mm-hmm. It's just a little slower. Yeah. You know, Holiday scared, mindset they, right now. They get quotes and they're like, oh my gosh. So um, hopefully we can talk that out and oh, you know, yeah. let people know that. This is kind of the reality now. Yeah. Definitely. So, Bailey, what's your win? Um, I have uh, a listing coming up. Well, we've got to renovate it first, but it's going to be like a complete reno. So I'm excited to do that, um, guide my seller along the way and make recommendations with um, like cosmetic finishes and things like that. So I'm excited excited for that that's coming up soon gotcha Mm -hmm. um so i guess my win well i guess i've had a couple um i feel like go ahead brag i'm not (laughs) no because there's some times where you're you're killing and i'm struggling (laughs) i mean it just happens uh i guess the last like couple weeks i guess i've been doing well um i guess with even with listings i got a couple listings i had one that went on the market on friday Mm -hmm. went under contract by monday uh, which is great in this current market because yeah. now we're looking at what like 22 day average on yeah, a market. Yeah, uh, So um, that went under contract quickly. Nice. Um, then had another client uh, that is working with Ives now. <laughs> um, he is just went under contract too on a purchase, and we got all his uh, a significant amount of his closing costs uh, going to be paid for by the seller. So amazing. So that's the benefit of working in this. Uh, I guess buying in this current market. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. A lot of- a lot of pros there. Yeah. Any wins for you, Ives? Yeah. I mean, anytime you can help a buyer, that's a win yep. in this market. So helping helping Amir with another one. Um, other than that, just been seeing a lot of people uh, taking the time to, to get together, grab lunch, get coffee, face-to-face. You yeah. Know? 
So it seems like a lot of people have more time for that these days. Yeah. I think before we were in such a crunch to like get houses seen, get offers in, um, that it was like, it was just kind of head cut off. I was actually talking to somebody recently and I was like, well, I'm actually kind of enjoying the little bit slowdown in the market because yeah. I feel like I can actually work with my clients and have relationships with them yeah. uh, kind of through the process. So, um, you know, the balance is kind of helping out a little bit, in my opinion. Oh, but, I agree with you. Yeah. But, you know, it is nice to always have people in demand for a house too. So it's just trying to find the balance between the two. Of course, yeah. part of it. So tell us about yourself, uh, Ives, how long you've been in the business, how you got in the business, and, uh, you know, what you do. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Charlotte, uh, went to NC State. That's how I came to Raleigh, graduated. Go Pack. Yeah, Go Pack. 2017. Um, I actually started at Movement my senior year as oh, an admin wow. assistant. Yeah, so I've been there for a while. Um, just kind of got to see the office life, learn the ropes. Got my license 2018. Um, went on a, a team as a junior loan officer, so mm -hmm. got a good feel for you know how the deal flows, how the transaction process works, you know what to say, what to do, uh, that type of thing. And then started putting numbers on the board in, in 2019. So. I think this is my fourth year doing nice. that, and it's uh, it's been a good ride. That's cool that you've been doing it since you graduated, because that just speaks volumes for the company that you're with, but yeah, also yeah. that you're good at what you do and you like what you yeah, do. Yeah, well, so Movement's a great company. Like, the culture is great. Everything there is, I mean, it's 10 out of 10. You, mm -hmm. you can look in other industries, and it's hard to find a company like Movement. Right. Um, you know, and so I studied accounting and finance, and, and getting out of school, I was looking at, you know, doing other things, taking job interviews, and then ultimately decided just to stick with movement and, you know, give it a go as a loan officer. And yeah, it's, it's now we're here. Yeah, here you are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you got it started in the business in college. That's kind of impressive. <laughs> um, and so um, from there, what's the process? I guess, so you started as a junior loan officer. So how do you become like a, I guess. Yeah, so the, the junior process at, you know, it could be different at other banks, but at sure. Movement, the way it was set up for me, I was, um, you know, I was getting like a 30% commission and working with a senior loan officer. Okay. And so she actually fed me deals. Like she would give me the client. That's you know, nice. And it was like, I could, you know, go back to her, obviously, and we were kind of working as a team. So yep. the clients knew that she was ultimately, you know, the overseer of the uh -huh. transaction. But I got to work with them and, you know, kind of have low stress and I didn't have to go find the business, you know, yeah. and that's the hardest part. Right. Um, Especially starting out. Right. And so I did that for a while. And then that loan officer actually ended up leaving movement and I just decided to go out on my own. Nice. And Time to fly. Yeah. Take... I guess take the wings off or put the wings off. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, are, I guess, are first-time home buyers, and they are kind of scared because they don't know what to do, how to jump into buying a house. Um, and what are your recommendations if somebody is ready to buy soon? Like, how should they prepare for the process of home buying? Yeah, I mean, getting pre-approved is step one. That's going to answer all your questions and. It's going to give you a good idea of you know what what's realistic, right? What what options you have, what price points, you know what different price points are going to look like from a monthly payment and cash to close standpoint. Um, and and how simple is the pre approval process? Because I think some people will get like very scared yeah, about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so the more that I've been working, the more I've learned what to say and what people want to hear. Yeah. So mm -hmm. letting them know how easy it is to apply. I mean, it takes ten minutes. You can do it on your cell phone. 
Um, and it ultimately just creates a file for you on the loan officer side. Yeah. And it lets them run the numbers, you know, because hearsay is one thing. If you're going to tell me how much you make and, mm -hmm. you know, what you do, that's great. But once we actually see it on paper, we know because everything in this business is, is crunched, like yeah. to the number, to the decimal. Yeah. So you want to be sure you got everything good there, ready to go. Yeah, and I think it's funny. Some people are like, oh, well, I make this much, so I should qualify for this much right. else. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that somebody can make less than you and qualify for more mm -hmm. just because it, it yeah. depends on debt-to-income ratios. Yeah, so <laughs> the three pillars of the loan application, income, credit, and assets. So your income is just going to satisfy the mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. uh, credit, we're going to pull in a credit report, see what your credit score is. I think we'll go more into into that a little bit later yep. on you know where you want to be there. Um, and then assets. So the assets are going to be used for the down payment uh, and the closing costs. So um, that's that's just the basics of it. You know, there's ratios involved to see what you can qualify for. Mm -hmm. And another thing with pulling the credit report in is it shows us your monthly payments on all of your debts. You know, your credit cards, uh, installment yeah. loans, car payments, yeah. student loans. Um, so all that's going to factor into how much you can afford mm -hmm. and, you know, take your income, take your debts, kind of morph it all together, keep the ratios under 50% and you're good to go. Perfect. Perfect. I think that's a good yeah. explanation. Yeah. So what about like, I guess, savings? How much do you think somebody should have saved? Yeah. Um, that's a good question, you know, because a lot of people think 20% down, you know, it, people are getting more educated on it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people that I help you know, in our age demographic, I try to get them to put 5% down. Okay. 5% uh, is going to be a standard mortgage. You know, you're going to be, you're going to bypass the first time home buyer programs. Sometimes there's income limits on those, you know, so right. if someone's earning yep. too much money, they mm -hmm. can't qualify uh, for a lower down payment option. And then, you know, 5%, it's just, it's a clean transaction. Yeah. The mortgage insurance coverage is good. Um, you know, and it's pretty affordable when you actually look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then closing costs, you know, they're, they're usually going to be we're around like 3,500 in costs, and then you got the prepaids. So you're paying, you know, some taxes up front. Mm -hmm. You're paying your home insurance up front. So whatever that premium is, you know, 1,200 bucks, you're gonna pay that up front at closing. Mm -hmm. So that can kind of be lumped in as a closing cost. So you're looking at anywhere from six to eight thousand dollars in cost, I'd say. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we kind of answered kind of the next question. So I guess with rates in the sevens, uh, why is it still a good time to to buy? Yeah. Um, you know, let's unpack this. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like the news always has some uh, some scary yeah. uh, headlines oh, every day. Well, I mean, the reason it's so scary is because we were so low, you know, two years ago. Even mm -hmm. to start this year, we were around 4%, you know, high yeah. threes, low fours, and now here we are at seven. Um, but looking at the 40-year average of a 30-year fixed rate, it's 7.75. Wow. And that's okay. including the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think that the high was maybe five and a quarter. And right. everything else was you know, three to 4%. So um, keeping that in perspective kind of, you know, makes it seem like seven's pretty good. Right. Uh, and then, you know, there's still a cost of waiting. If rates, you know, rates go up, prices go up, mm -hmm. then you can afford even less. Correct. Uh, tougher, you know, just tougher to afford all around. And if rates go down, you can always refinance the mortgage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the old adage is you, um, you marry the house, date the mortgage. You, right. you can use the mortgage as a tool. You don't have to stay in the mortgage forever. Yep. Right, make it work for um, you. So, you know, you, you get in at seven, race drop to five. You refinance, you'll save a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, and that's what was happening. You know, people in 2018, 19, they locked in at 5%. Right. Race dropped to three. They refinanced to three. That's yep. why all these mortgages out there yeah. are, you know, so low because everyone refinanced to those levels. Yeah. I think a lot of people right now are scared of the, to see the seven because their friends... And their family right. members yeah. got twos three. and threes, right? Maybe but, yeah. but we just have to 
for you guys listening, like take out those last two years because that was unsustainable. So compare the rates now to 2019 and those rates were kind of in line. I think the other thing to consider too is that during the last two years, people were paying over list price. They put high due diligences down mm-hmm. and right now you can put a, a much smaller due diligence down oh, gosh, and, yeah. and you can probably get your closing costs paid by the seller a lot of times. Right. So it's, it's, the it's dynamics a lot different. It yeah. is. It's easier, you know, it's easier as a buyer yeah. than it was. Definitely. Yeah. And we'll kind of dive, I guess, a little bit into some ways that we can kind of mitigate some of the, that 7% too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of talk about some some new options that are kind of in play. But uh, one of the options, I guess, that is currently uh, in play, and I'll have Ives kind of dive more deep into it, but what are some options that you or your company can provide to buyers, I guess, with the current situation of the rates being in the sevens? Yeah, so one um, that's becoming pretty common is is your buy-down, mm-hmm. right? So we offer a 1-0 buy-down and a 2-1 buy-down. Okay. Um, and it, it's pretty simple math. Uh, for the two one buy down, if rates are at seven percent today, you you know you pay the difference between a five percent and a seven percent. Um, you know the difference in monthly payment is paid at closing. So then the first twelve months you're at five percent, the next twelve months you're at six percent, and then you're at seven percent fixed Got rate. It. You know so you're locked in, mm-hmm. and that's kind of advantageous because if rates do drop, you can refinance out of that and take advantage of, of a thirty year fix at any know. time. Right. Yeah. yeah at that's any good. time. Uh, and those funds, it's a little different too, because they they sit in escrow. So if you do refinance or mm-hmm. sell early, you get that money back. Okay. Because okay, nice. it can be pretty pricey, um, and that's why you can look to the seller to yeah. have them, yeah, you know, pay mm-hmm. for some of that cost. And or you know, instead of for you guys, instead of dropping the price on a property, right. Say, hey, we'll offer 10k to the buyer. They can use that for you know the buy down funds. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so then you know, other than that, first time home buyer programs. All that we really have now after COVID is is a three percent down option. Okay. Um, you know, there's some more favorable mortgage insurance coverage. Kind of helps you out with the interest rate a little bit for right. being a first time buyer. As I mentioned earlier, those do come with income caps mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. We do have one program that has no cap, but the rate's not going to be as good. So, right. you know, that's kind of why you try to get to five percent because you're going to get a better rate. Okay. You can put three percent down if you're really strapped for cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take a competitive rate, um, and then one other thing that we, you know, movement we work with the NC Housing Finance Agency. Okay. okay. Um, so that's a pretty good, you know. Other states are going to have different grant programs, and that, they'll just offer down payment assistance. They, their um, really popular program is a it's an eight K grant. Okay. Um, so they, you know, they offer you eight thousand to go towards closing. They mm-hmm. do charge a fee, you know, so sure. it kind of gets netted out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, so that's fully forgiven after 15 years, right? So okay. if you do sell early, you have to pay it back. Got it. Um, but year 11 through 15, it's like, it's kind of wiped out. So if uh-huh. you sold in year 12, you know, you might owe $4,000 or something. Right. Um, and then aside from that, you know, the local credit unions are good for, um, down payment assistance, hundred percent financing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I do steer a lot of people towards that. You know, if they're not members already, you join a credit union and, and they'll help you out with that. Gotcha. It's like a puzzle. You find what works <laughs> right. best for them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess with, I know we just talked about like the, the sevens and some things we can kind of, uh, your buyers can potentially do to kind of negate some of the interest rates. But what's your thought on the way that the, uh, I guess, national news is portraying the market currently? <laughs> I, you know, it's tough. I watch the news every day, CNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to follow the stock market more so. Um, it's just a lot of doom and gloom, right? Like yep. it's a lot of negative news that, Maybe it doesn't have to be so negative. Yeah. Um, 
But again, it's just kind of where we where we were coming from two years ago to where we are now. That's why they're going to be negative. Right. Um, but once we kind of sit here and get a new norm, mm -hmm. they're not going to have as much negative things to say. So the new norm, you're so right. I think that'll come after the election too. I think there's right. a lot of what's going on. Yeah. 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 So I know like, you know, a lot of people when they think about, you know, getting a pre-approval, they're like, oh, well, what are I bank at? <laughs> so they like typically might go to their bank and say, hey, like, can I get a pre-approval um, uh, done that way? And I think when I bought my first house, I went to the bank I was banking with at the time. But then I realized that, oh, there's other places I can get a mortgage yeah. from <laughs> and probably get a better rate at the time. Um, and so uh, some people don't even realize that there are like, I guess, like private lending companies too as well and so what are some pros and cons versus using like a local lender versus like going to a bank yeah well so i mean the pro of working with the bank is if you're that type of person that likes all your stuff in the same basket mm -hmm. you know everything's going to be on the same banking website yeah so you have that okay um you know the cons to working with the bank is most of them are nine to five they're yeah not, they're not going to be working weekends and that's where the pros of working with a local lender come into play yeah. definitely um you know so for me being retail it's there's no nine to five yeah, I help a lot of you know clients after hours because they're working nine to five most yeah. of the time, yep. and then they get off work and they want their questions answered. They want to talk things over, so you got to be available for that. And then you know most of the most of this business is conducted on the weekends. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So all, most of the letters that I'm sending, you know, they're being updated on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, right. And if you're working with a bank that's that's closed on the weekends. You're, you're gonna not going to get that updated letter and, you know, you're not going to be able to put that offer in. You, yeah, you might miss out. So, right. And I can say I, I, you have answered my calls on a weekend on the golf course. So <laughs> that's, that's impressive. That's the first, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think especially like in the last like two years where the houses were just going so fast. Like if you had like you try to get a pre-approval from a bank and they didn't yeah. give it to you by like Friday at five. Mm -hmm. And then the house that you saw came on the market on Friday. Right. You know, you're kind of out of luck. <laughs> Oh, and, and so, uh, you know, sometimes working with like your local lenders, like I can call Ives on on the weekend, say, hey, like, you know, we found this house. Um, I need to get this client pre-approved. Even um, even situations where the client's pre-approved, but they're not f fully comfortable with that pre-approval. Mm -hmm. Like I've connected them with Ives and be like, hey, like, can you like run them through a pre-approval and see um, if we can either get them a better rate, get better, them better yeah. terms, um, and then that might be the difference to get the, the client moving forward. Yeah. It's a funny story. Well, I guess not a funny story, but a story uh, of the way that I kind of pick my lenders. Uh -huh. <laughs> so uh, I actually had a conversation with another lender about this recently, but I kind of give a, a client to like a lender as a kind of a test client to see how well they, they can be uh -huh. at like problems uh, solving and communication, things yeah. like that. So there was a client that I gave Ives, um, and he, he's probably going to remember this, but the client was actually in bankruptcy. Oh, um, I do and, remember and, and I was like, I don't know how like I'm going to get this person like pre-approved. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and so uh, so I know me and Ives kind of went back and forth for like a while on this, um, and he was able to get a, a pre-approval, and we were able to take that client mm -hmm. to um, their pre-approval back to the, the courts because it's it's in federal court like right. into the bankruptcy um, and got approval for her to sell her house. Now, she didn't sell her house at this time, but she may sell her house in the future. Right. But the ability for Ives to continue to work on that problem yeah. and to find a solution was like okay i can trust him yeah. <laughs> and i can continue to send him leads so we've done a ton of business because of that um but um you know that's kind of uh kind of the backstory of how i has come one of my preferred lenders yeah. through that story so 
That's awesome. Way to go, Ive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that goes back to the market, too. You know, like, you got to do what you can for, for everyone at this point. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm um, trying to figure out ways to make things work. Yeah. Definitely. I, th- I think some banks or have like policies that kind of really limit what they can do and they can't be as creative. Um, so I like the creativity, that I guess, that I've has. Um, <laughs> but tell us about how important it is uh, for the relationship between a realtor and a lender. Yeah, I mean, that's very important. Um, you know, because ultimately lending is, for you guys especially, it's the most stressful part of the process, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it can be the most fatal to everyone involved. Um, if something goes wrong there and, you know, when you're recommending a lender to a buyer, it kind of puts everyone in the, on the same page, right? right? We're all working together. We all want to get this thing closed together. Every, right. You know, buyer, mm-hmm. lender, real estate agent. Um, or so, a team. Right. So when the uh, the lender and realtor relationship is strong, the communication's easier there. Mm-hmm. The realtor feels better talking to the buyer. You know, the buyer feels good talking to the lender because it's a good recommendation from the agent. Um and it just makes everything a lot smoother, you know? Absolutely. I would agree with that. Definitely yeah. makes it smoother. It does. I will, will say, like, you know, when you're trying out sometimes a, a new lender or somebody goes with the preferred lender, mm-hmm. so the, the communication sometimes gets a little strangled. So it's nice to have a good relationship with your, your lender. It makes yeah. things move a lot yeah, easier. Then, you know, like we were saying earlier, too, just being able to communicate whenever. Yeah. Not having to, mm-hmm. you know, wonder when you're going to hear back from them. And Yep. Right. Um. Any special products that you offer that for like unique either buyers or like investors um, that is maybe unique to movement? Um, you know, not really to movement. Movement. So we're a correspondent lender. We have we have a broker channel now too. You know, mm-hmm. so we can broker out to different banks that do like you know a bank statement loan. Okay. I know you guys were asking about that one. So that that could be if um, you know someone kind of self employed. They have good good debits hitting their mm-hmm. their account, but their tax returns. Don't allow them to afford. Yeah, right? okay. like they might write off too much, and mm-hmm. you know, so, say they earned eighty thousand dollars, and their net is twenty. Oh gosh. And then they're not going to be able to afford a house. But yeah. their bank statements are showing that yeah, they're making you know six, eight thousand uh-huh. dollars every month. So if you can match that up over the last twelve months, okay, you can qualify that way. Okay. Um, I mean, we offer investment investment loans, but every every bank will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we do have one at 15% down payment. Okay. It comes with a much higher rate, you know, so yep. it's really not that worth it, but mm-hmm. it does seem to be unique. Um, and another broker option that we have that's a little newer, um, it's called a DSCR, Debt Service Coverage Ratio. Okay. Um, I haven't really run through one yet. I've had a few guys, you know, reaching out about it, but mm-hmm. it seems pretty simple. You basically just, if you're buying an investment property and you can get a rental agreement that mm-hmm. covers the mortgage, you qualify. So they don't even take your income into account. Oh, and they okay. just say, okay, you're going to buy this house. It's going to cost 1800 a month. You're going to rent it for 2500 Right. Check. I have heard about this. Yeah. It is a newer loan, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's some people in the office that have run through, and they're, they're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just for people that are buying multiple investment properties. Right. Gotcha. Because okay. usually, you know, if you're trying to buy your first one, you can probably afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once you start being able to afford them and you're getting renters, mm-hmm. you're not getting hit for that mortgage, right? You yeah. have the rent to offset the payment. Right. You can buy another one. Gotcha. Okay. That's good. So um, I know some people are like leaning towards just like renting, I guess, with the higher interest rates to kind of hold over into the market changes. But what's the benefits to uh, buying over renting? Well, I mean... Renting is 100% interest, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, my, ma- my manager told me that one the other day, the first time I heard it. But when you think about it, you're paying 2000 a month. It's going nowhere. I mean... Yeah. Well, you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they're um, benefiting. But, you know, there's flexibility to renting. You're not locked into a certain spot. Yeah. 
Um, you know, but your mortgage is going to be a fixed payment, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get a mortgage, it's 2,200 a month, you know, that's what it's going to be. It's not going to go up or your rent, right? You know, especially look recently, they're going up yeah. every month. Correct. Um, and you just don't know where they're going to go when you're going to get priced out of your apartment and be forced to leave just cause it's mm -hmm. costing too much. You know, you hear about that all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, kind of like what we were saying earlier, the same benefits to buying if you have fixed rate rates go down, you refinance, you save money. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's kind of a double-edged sword between appreciation and amortization. Right. Mm -hmm. So appreciation, your home is gaining value. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're paying your mortgage and lowering your loan balance. Yeah. Um, so you're creating more equity. You're going right. to have more when you sell, you know, more options to refinance. Right. Um, you know, and you, you just got an asset now. So. Yeah. The best investment we can make. Yeah. I think also to, uh, I don't know if you can kind of dive into this too. When uh, you have your house for a certain amount of time as a primary residence, there's also some, some tax benefits too, I guess, when you sell. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can jump into that. Well, it just, it depends, you know, with the, if you sell less than, in less than two years, mm -hmm. you have to pay more taxes. Yeah, your capital right? gains. Your capital gains tax. You can write off, you write off your interest, your mortgage insurance can be written off your taxes, you know, to make you tax less, right. subtract from your income. Um, so that's, you know, a, a small benefit, I'd say. Um, and then I think kind of further, you know, a lot of people are buying and then renting. So you buy, yeah. mm -hmm. live in it for a year, you know, and then you move to a new house, but you rent right. out your, your other one. Mm -hmm. Now you have two properties, one's being paid for, you're yeah. paying for the other one. Mm -hmm. Passive income. Yeah. It's a big way to create wealth in yeah. real estate. Well, we've enjoyed your time on the podcast today, and I'm sure you've inspired a lot of listeners. And I'm sure there's probably some some first time homebuyers or, oh, gosh, or, yeah. or home buyers that might be on the fence that you may have swayed a little bit. But how can these people reach you? And I want to hear the story about, I guess, your your oh. position on social media, because <laughs> <laughs> we just had an episode about social media in the yeah, last one. I know. I, I mean, there's not much to say about. It. I just, when, you know, being having been working in the same company for so long. Yeah. It's like when you're starting out, there's no really roadmap of how to do it, how right. to get a business, right? You, you kind of just have to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, just figure it out. Right. And you're like, okay, well, where do you start? So I started by deleting my LinkedIn and deleting my Facebook and, mm -hmm. you know, reading more books and really focusing on real relationships. Yeah. That's how my business has grown was just sitting down with agents. You mm -hmm. know, I, probably 75, 80% of my business comes from realtors. Right. Um, 15% from my sphere, you know, yeah. my friends, and yep. then 5% from past clients. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of just, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook, you're, you, you might be doing some good business stuff, and then you spend another hour just yeah. surfing around. It's like, that just seems like time wasted to me. And yeah. I like to um, stay active. You know, I'd rather go for a run or read a book than look through Facebook. So That's yeah. good. I think we all need to read out of Ives' book right there. That is good. I would rather... Be in person with people too. Yeah. I love that. So, how can these people find you then? Yeah, I was just. You know, <laughs> not my, from the Stony. I, I use my cell phone very well. It's 704 779 9272. Okay. Perfect. Um, and we'll put your info in the, in yeah. the bio. Yeah. And then email. You know, I, I prefer text, call. Okay. Um, email's fine as well. Mm -hmm. Just really whatever, whoever you're working with, whatever they want to do, you kind of just. We ultimately end up texting. So. Yeah. And if right. people want to see your a photo from five years ago, where's your website so they can oh, see yeah. it? <laughs> I do. I did buy the domain from GoDaddy, IvesHarkins.com. Okay. So nice. It's pretty easy uh, to get to that. And that just takes you to, to Movement's webpage with an apply button for me. Yeah. So you can apply there. Read some more about Movement. You know, there's some good things going on there. 
Okay. That's good. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. And uh, if you guys are on the fence or, or thinking about getting a pre-approval, feel free to reach out to Ives. He's been very helpful for me and Bailey. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten multiple deals to the finish line uh, because of Ives. So yeah. we appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll probably be sending some more business your way in the near future. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank Bye. you. Thanks.